RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Fetus once, and we just keep coming back for more. It's Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. It must be Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Ken Ray. So much to talk about this week, catching up on all the Star Trek news that came out of New York Comic Con. Uh, We thought that you, our Star Trek pals, might have a thought or two about it as well. Tonight, how about not one, but two short tracks? We've got Q&A as well as The Trouble with Edward. We'll recap those. We'll do a little Q&A of our own. Excuse me. It's not here in the notes, but John, John, I do hope we're talking about the trailers as well for, uh, for Discovery and for Picard. Yeah, because uh, it's actually in the notes. Uh, you just haven't gotten oh, that far really? yet. I yeah, gotten yeah, that totally. Far. I don't totally there. I don't read ahead. I'm sorry. That's uh, okay, man. You you're like you like Ron Burgundy. Well, yeah. I tell people that we don't look at each other's notes. Yes, I tell true. people that we don't look at each other's notes, and so then I didn't realize that you had it in there. I'm sorry. So anyway. it's okay. Yeah. Here, here's the thing, though. It's not just going to be us talking anyway. I want to hear from other people. Look, if nobody wants to talk about the Picard trailer, that's fine. If everybody wants to talk about it, that's fine. Here's the only thing. You have to let us know what you want to talk about. And there are, of course, a few ways to do that. You can join the Zoom meeting, uh, which, uh, well, you can use the one tap from your smartphone or follow the links on Facebook and the meeting codes there and all that fun stuff. Or pick up the phone the old-fashioned way or pick it up some newfangled way. The point is you can call 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call 669-900-6833. However you try to get in touch with us, if you succeed, you'll get to talk to Earl and then Earl will put you right through to the planet. All right. So as Ken mentioned, we are talking about those two short treks tonight. So keep in mind that this is a spoiler zone. If you haven't watched them yet, well, we're about to ruin all of the surprises. So uh, you better get out while the getting's good. But but if you don't mind being spoiled or if you've watched them and you've got thoughts on those, please join us. Please talk to us about all of that. And yes, as Ken mentioned, and as I mentioned, we will also be talking about those trailers here. Of course, we got a sneak peek at season three of Disco, plus the second trailer of Picard. We know you've got thoughts. We know you've got speculations. You might even have questions, which we will pretend to answer. So hit us up, again, using that Zoom link or the one tap or by calling 669-900-6833. Ken, as people do, we go on. And then they start talking. And that's what they're doing right now in the Zoom uh, chat. So there's Casey, of course, asking where John Cooley is. That's I, I think this is really we do this for them. I think we do this for Casey and for uh, for Cooley. So you're welcome, guys. Uh, there's Albert. There's Lisa. There's Chuck. Uh, there's Scott and Scott. Two Scots. Two Scots and one show. We got Carlos. We got David. He says, uh, hey, interested to hear everyone's thoughts on the trouble with Edward. So, David, yes, we are interested in hearing everyone's thoughts on the trouble with Edward and everything else. There's Barbara. There's Paul. There's Kim. Uh, there is who else? Who else? Who else? There's Camel. And uh, there's Steve Sheridan. And uh, there's Karen. She says, uh, let's talk about all the things. Well, we only have an hour. I don't know if we can talk about all the things in an hour, but if you want to narrow that down to like one or two things, give us a call, Karen. Love to talk to you. Uh, there's Alan. There's so many people saying hi. And, uh, we'll, let's see. Campbell says, will they explain the new data lar or, or does it mean lore? I don't know. I don't know. We got to wait. We got to wait and see what all they will explain. So welcome, everybody. So glad to have you here. Before we get into the meat of a show, kind of like the like the tasty center of a tribble, uh, why don't we talk about what is coming up for us? A couple of things to mention, both of them in virtual reality, both of them in Sansar. Kind of, you want to take the first one there. Actually, you take the first one because I feel uh, better prepared to talk about the second. Then I will take the first one and you take the second one. That's, Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate we, that. Yeah, that's what we get for not reading notes ahead. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing is actually starting right now. Well, you can start right now. If you're already signed up for Sansar or if you're not, go sign up for free at Sansar.com. Create your free account there. And what we're asking all of you creative people to do, create an alien avatar. Go nuts. Go crazy. It could look like whatever you want it to look like because it's in VR. Then on Monday, October 28th at 7 o'clock Pacific, 
uh, rod at the very least, and one or both of your mission log hosts will be in the Roddenberry Theater. We will be choosing a, a favorite, a most creative, a most awesome alien avatar out of what you created. That grand prize winner will get prizes both, both virtual and real. And then the greatest prize of all is that Rod Roddenberry will then wear that avatar for the next month in Sansar. So if you catch him, your creative work, your, your brilliant creative uh, uh, inspiration will take life on Rod. So yeah, we, we tried to make it so that we could actually, you know, like print it or have it made. And then he would just have to wear it for a month. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Right. But he's he's yeah. flying, you know, and stuff. And he's got to go through customs and, you know, lose the extra arm, sir, they might say. And that's, you <laughs> know, that would just go poorly. Exactly. So, the, like I said, you can start now. Go to Sensar.com and sign up for there. Uh, or if you already have an account and you've already been working on avatars and being creative, go nuts, go crazy. Then join us for Trek or Treat in Sansar on Monday, October 28th, 7 o'clock Pacific. And then uh, it looks like about a week later, maybe a little bit more than a week later, on November 7th, uh, recent guest to Mission Log Live, uh, Max Cervantes, is going to be walking around in uh, in uh, the Roddenberry Nexus in Sansar, uh, talking about some of the props and things that are in there. Now, I had the good pleasure of standing near Max the first time he went into Sansar. Uh, it was at uh, Star Trek Las Vegas, not 2019, but 2018. The first time they were there, they had all the things set up. And uh, and most people were like, oh, this is fun. And they were there for like five minutes and then they would walk away. And some people have made a little queasy. And it's kind of funny, actually, because <laughs> there are two ways to walk around. You can either, uh, you know, sort of like a point where you want to go and you'll immediately zap there. That's how I like to do it, because the walking around in VR kind of makes me a little that upsets my stomach a tiny bit. Uh, Max, on the other hand, because you remember Max has been in tons of Star Trek and he's worked on tons yeah. of Star Trek behind the scenes. Max knows the stuff that's in Sansar, that's in the Nexus in Sansar. So what was interesting was I was standing near him and he was just walking around, you know, looking at all this stuff, virtually picking it up, uh, talking to nobody about it. <laughs> except that, <laughs> except that I was there, and so I was listening. I would occasionally ask him questions, but I didn't know whether he could hear me or not because he had the helmet on. He knows about all this stuff that's in there, and he walked around there for about thirty minutes, just going, "Oh yeah, I remember that." No, oh, yeah, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Uh, so what's going to be fun is people can be there virtually with him, and so when he's talking, he'll actually be talking to you or whoever else is there about the stuff that's there. And what's great is you'll be able to ask him questions about it as well. So this is, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a neat sort of experience. I mean, there are people who have seen every episode and can say, oh, yes, that was in, you know, scene three, episode, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but you're going to get to walk around with a guy who's handled this stuff before and who, you know, knows about, I mean, a lot of it, not everything that's there is something he's had his hands on, but very knowledgeable about the stuff in the Nexus. So it'll be like having a docent walking around with us or with you. Uh, so November 7th, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, circle your calendar, then circle, well, circle the date in the calendar because circling the whole calendar doesn't help. Well, it might. I mean, if you need to remember all the days. I guess. Yeah. Where's, where's my calendar? calendar. Oh, that's yeah. right. It's in the circle. I remember right. now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, last week we had a poll question. This week we have another one. Uh, I'll go ahead and hit last week's. Last week, space, would you go? Uh, yes, 87%. <laughs> Really? Okay. 87% say yes. And good for you. I hope that's true. I doubt you'll have a chance to prove it, but whatever. Maybe you will. And if you do, great. Uh, uh, 13% said no, they would not go to space. So I want to be among the 87%. I have a feeling I'm actually among the 13%. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hats so. off to both of you. Some of you for wanting it to be true and others, you know, for knowing. Yeah, if I know me. Uh, we have a poll question this week as well, John. We do. We do. Of course. So at New York Comic Con, they dropped the Picard trailer, uh, part two of the Picard trailer, and then they uh, released the teaser for a season three of Discovery. So we asked you, what has you more excited, Picard or the Discoverse, the continuing Discoverse? Not surprised here, uh, though, although maybe it's a little bigger skew than I thought. 
Picard, 88% of you are more excited about seeing the returning captain uh, than the expanded Discoverse with Disco Season 3. I mean, look, to be honest, I- I'm excited about both. I-, I always want to know what is coming around the corner for Star Trek. But there is a certain sentimentality and nostalgia attached to seeing the return of Picard and where that might go. It's been a while. It's been a minute since we've seen Picard on the screen. It's been so. a couple of days, and it honestly wasn't that great last time we did. Yeah, I mean, Nemesis right. had its moments, but I mean, really, that's the last time we saw Picard. I got to say, when you and I were discussing this question, um, the reason that I opted for Picard or the Disco Verse is because in that, I'm kind of counting uh, Pike, Spock, number one, as mm-hmm. well as 930 years in the future, wherever Michael Burnham and crew end up. Um, you know, there's, there's sort of a more expensive thing going on here. Um, not that I'm trying to get anybody to change their answer that, that, that larger split is kind of interesting though. Anyway, that pulls up for like the next six days, I think until about an hour before the next show, the next mission log live. when we're like, no, yeah. What's our poll question? (laughs) Right. Exactly. So now's the time, everybody. I, here's the deal for this show. This is going to be very loose in terms of format and structure. Uh, Ken's going to recap Q and a, I will recap the trouble with Edward. We both took some notes, but honestly, look, our our notes are not nearly as interesting as what you have to say about these two episodes. I'm sure of it. I'm sure. Well, I'm, I'm guessing I'm not really sure, but I want to know, I want you to call in and talk to us. So hit the link, pick up the phone, do the thing. We will be here standing by as soon as we finish those recaps. And these are short. They are called short treks after all. So we'll do the recaps and then it is up to you to guide this conversation about those shorts, about the trailers, about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, Because, hey, let's face it, we have new Trek, new Trek on right now and new Trek forthcoming. So, Ken, if you would do us the honors and uh, fill us all in about Q&A, I feel like, you know, it was a 15 minute short. You'll probably be at this like a good 10, 11 minutes. Oh, yeah, easily. uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that because I'm doing the whole thing in Klingon, but my Klingon's not that good. Cool. I'm just going to take a break then. I'll walk away for a few minutes. Okay. Go grab grab a snack. Cool. All right. I'll see you later. Mm -hmm. Here we go. A shouty Ensign Spock arrives on the Enterprise, greeted by the ship's XO number one for his very first day serving on the 1701. She gives him grief for not asking questions. He's been on the ship for 37 seconds. Shouldn't a science officer ask questions? He asks the couple, then she asks if he wants to see the bridge. In the turbo lift, well, there is lots of time in the turbo lift since it breaks down on the way there from here and with them in it. And now Spock's asking questions, and number one is asking questions. Through the conversation, we learn how alone Spock feels, how outside. Number one shares that she does too, apparently because she likes operatic musicals from the late 1800s on Earth. It's cool, though. Spock does, too. They each have secrets. They each share secrets. Then the turbo lift is running again, and Spock takes his place on the bridge. Got thoughts of your own? Hit the link, as John said, or call 669-900-6833, 669-900-6833, and now on to the trouble with Edward. Wait, I'm sorry. That was it? You're, you're done? It. Okay. Dude, okay. that's it. I mean, that's the whole thing. They, they talked about talking. They talked okay. some more. They sang. They got going. Okay. I mean, that's really that. That's really what happened. There, there's okay. more action, I believe, in the trouble with Edward. Okay, here we go. The trouble with Edward. Captain Pike says goodbye to his science officer, Lynn Lucero, who has taken command of the research vessel Cabot. He says she'll be great, but it won't exactly be like the Enterprise. Day one a meeting of each scientific department to discuss their mission of helping prevent the starvation of a species who happen to be living near Klingon space. There's one very awkward member of the team, Edward Larkin, who says he's been working with his new found creature, the fuzzy, cute Tribble. And it is cute, everyone agrees. And it's good eating once you get past the fur, says Larkin. He could even increase their reproductive rate if needed. Everyone else takes a pass on this plan, especially Captain Lucero, who actually reassigns Larkin to climatology. None of this sits well with Larkin, who does at least two very rash, poorly thought out things. 
genetically modifies the Tribbles anyway, and sends complaints about his new captain to Starfleet. The next day, Lucero gives Larkin the news that he's being transferred. That's bad enough, but the next thing she knows, Lucero has a ship full of Tribbles doing what they do, which is to say reproducing at an alarming rate. Seriously, they are taking over everything, everywhere, and pretty soon they'll have starved everyone out of oxygen. The crew fight back as best they can when there's nothing left to do but just get out. So they do, on a shuttle, all except for Larkin, who is still angry with his captain and is literally swallowed up by the crush of his creation. Sometime later, Lucero sits before a panel of Starfleet Starfleet brass who point out all the shortcomings of her short tenure on the Cabot, to which she can only chalk it up to the idiot on her crew. And then a commercial for Tribble's breakfast cereal. <laughs> the end. The, the end. end. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah. Well, uh, here's the thing, though. I, I don't know if you know this, John. That's actually not the end. That's a that's a prequel to some of the trouble with Tribbles that we'll have down the road. Oh, yeah. See? See? OK, yeah. I get that. I get that now. Um, yeah. Really quickly. Six, six, nine, nine hundred six, eight, three, three is the phone number to call six, six, nine, nine hundred six, eight, three, three. Or you can use the one tap from your smartphone or click the links in Facebook. You get to talk to Earl. Then you have to talk to us. Um <laughs> So uh, do you want to what what do you want to do here? Well, I, so here's the thing. You mentioned something to me uh, right before the show started. Yeah. Which which was about negative reaction to these two shorts. Uh, negative. Well, no, not to these two shorts. To oh, the trouble with Edward. To, really? The really? trouble with Edward. Yes. Uh, friends okay. of ours, mutual friends of ours, uh, one mm-hmm. of whom actually is sometimes in the chat room. I don't know if she is tonight or not. Uh, but but uh, mutual friends of ours uh, just hated this episode, like hated it, hmm. like to the point that I didn't even bother asking why they hated it, because <laughs> the hate was just like because I saw this on Twitter and the hate was so um, it was it was hot. It, it hurt my hand to touch my phone. That's how hot the hatred was. Another friend yeah. of ours uh, said maybe it was time for her to give up her uh, her Trek card because wow. because wow. boy, did she hate this episode. Now See, I've hated I've hated a lot of episodes of Star Trek, as you know. Sure, I've loved a lot of star- episodes of Star Trek, as you know. I don't think there has been an episode of Star Trek that was like, "Well, I'm done. I'm done now with you know." I hate. I guess if this is what Star Trek is, that I'm not. I'm not part of that anymore. I mean, there there are things that I don't like. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine over there. Now I feel certain that the person who said maybe it's time for me to give up my Trek card wasn't being serious, mm-hmm. but. The level of negativity that has arisen out of out of the trouble with Edward uh, was honestly quite surprising to me. Well, see, there uh, overall, I think both of these shorts are great. I really enjoyed both of them. Um, but that said, I, I can see where there are maybe questionable choices that were made. I, I can see where these aren't everybody's cup of tea. Uh, but I, kind of the beauty of doing these short tracks is that they are really short. They are really focused. You get to tell a story, get in, get out. And it really doesn't, it, it doesn't affect much of anything else. Now, now granted, the Tribble story is a prequel. Uh, and for that matter, so is Q and A, uh, yeah. because that is Spock's first appearance on the Enterprise and it's everything pre the story that we got in the cage. Um, but to me, all these do is they, they just lend a little texture to maybe a specific story or just to the Star Trek story in general. And I mm-hmm. feel like Q&A did that with uh, the Spock and number one characters. Because Look, number one, all we got was the few minutes of Majel Barrett playing her on screen in the cage. And mm-hmm. then the few minutes that we've gotten so far of Rebecca Romaine playing her in season two of Disco. I thought we would have seen a lot more of her there. Um, so I'm really glad to see her back in this. And I, I hope it means that there will be more of her because look, I, she's just so cool. I, I think this is a great character to explore. I hope that we get a lot more of her and of Pike and of Spock and of whomever else is kicking around on the enterprise. Maybe like a, like a young captain Boyce, <laughs> just, just waiting to be seen. And on, Dr. Uh, Boyce, Dr. Boyce, he wasn't captain, was he? 
Did I, did I say Captain? No, I meant yeah. Doctor. Doctor Boyce. Doctor. There Boyce. is no young Doctor Boyce. There's I never know, been I a know, young they, Doctor they, Boyce. They, they, no, no. He's I don't want to see young Doctor Boyce. Exactly. I want man. He's like he's like five years older than uh, than Bones. I think. Yeah. No. He, he's I, I like. I don't uh, mean Boris Kelly's character. I mean Bones. That man is old. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I would. Lo- I would love. I would love to see Boyce. I would love to see Boyce and Pike because that was the relationship and the the relationship that we're being given now is uh pike and spock but i mean it was it was what was it a man will tell his bartender stuff he'll never tell his doctor yeah I mean, there was a there was a closeness between those two characters that i would love to see i would love to see uh i'd love to see boyce explored a bit or you know acknowledged all <laughs> mm-hmm. right <laughs> yeah, yeah. exist yeah but here's the thing so i i love the idea that we loosen up una a mm-hmm. bit here, but th- there was something that I mean, look in 1964 when they're putting together the cage and uh, the description for number one is just sort of she is computer like. And that's all you get because, uh, the, you know, that character did not continue on with Star Trek unless you count the menagerie. But it's the same footage from the cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, so you really have very little description on the character. We got nice little moments with her in season two of disco just her coming in and sitting down and eating a cheeseburger i thought was a great it was just a great bit of business to give you that much more information about her uh than than what we had before and seeing her sing by the way i don't know if you watched the little uh the the behind the scenes of the short trek where rebecca romaine talks about why she did that no, it, it was a nice it was a little minute and a half video. And she says that uh, Alex Kurtzman had asked, tell us about you. Tell us about things that you do that are skills or, or just, you know, uh, uh, obsessions, fandoms that you have that we might write into the character. And she was like, well, I, I don't know. You know, I, I speak other languages. I do these other things. And I happen to love Gilbert and Sullivan. And and we'll sing Gilbert and Sullivan just sort of if asked. So they're like, okay, we're we're writing in Gilbert and Sullivan from uh, the Pirates of Penzance is where that song is from. So, okay. uh, so here's did. here's mm-hmm. the problem, if you don't mind. Go and, ahead. And by the know. way, six six nine nine hundred six eight three three is the phone number to call six six nine nine hundred six eight three three, or use the one tap from your smartphone. Or uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, you know, click the links there. The, the 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 meeting code is right running across the top right now. So you, if you're seeing this right this second, you are so close to actually being part of this conversation. All you need to do is be part of the conversation. Um, otherwise, we're just going to mission log this thing. And maybe that's what people want. I don't know. It was great to see Rebecca Romaine again. It was great to see Ethan Peck again. It was great to see um, Anson Mount again. It was great to see the Enterprise again. It was even kind of interesting to hear Spock talk about, you know, how disconnected he feels, although it feels like that's maybe not a conversation you're going to have even in the first two hours of being stuck in an elevator with someone. When she then says, you know, I know how difficult this can be, and it turns out her deep secret is that she likes show tunes, that's kind of a drag, especially because then what she says on an episode of Star Trek is keep your fandom to yourself. Yeah. Keep that thing, that thing that you think makes you kind of weird, keep that locked down if you want to be anybody. Yeah. And that's that's troubling. I'd rather, instead of it being like, oh, what's a neat thing you do? Okay, well, we'll write that into this. You're defining a character that people have hungered for. People have hungered to know more about, number one, since fandom became fandom, right? Mm-hmm. And so when she says... I know how difficult this can be. Do you want to see for that moment? If you're going to rewrite Star Trek canon anyway, or if you're going to like change Star Trek canon anyway, she could have been part something else. She could have been, you know, she's got a bunch of cybernetic stuff. You know, if she's more computer than person or whatever, there could be cybernetics working in there. There could be all kinds of things. It would be like a real secret that, that the defining thing, the thing that's supposed to make her understand Spock being raised practically as a bastard by his own father because his own father is so ashamed of how much stuff there is about Spock that he doesn't like. And then Spock's ashamed of that stuff himself for her to go, no, I get that because I like Gilbert and Sullivan. Dude, 
I mean, here's the thing. Everything else about that episode was fantastic. The rest of it was wonderful. That moment, I was just like, um, that, you, you know, you're on Star Trek talking to Star Trek fans, right? So here's the thing. I don't disagree with you that if we take that as the message of the episode, because uh, I actually wrote that down as as one of my notes, one of my comments. It's like, OK, if we're saying this, then when exactly do you let your freak out? When exactly mm-hmm. do you, you you get to do this? Um, and that is an argument you can have about, um, you know, just simply office etiquette. Uh, she's trying to make the point that, look, we, we all have personal lives. We all have aspects of ourselves that we keep out of the workplace. Um, does she go to an extreme that I think is a little weird? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because as you point out, you're saying this on a Star Trek show, um, to people who are paying to watch Star Trek. Right, right. Don't, don't let your freak out. But here's the thing. Are we dealing with two characters who are, kind of cut from the same cloth who maybe are just awkward like this because i don't think we have that situation with some other characters so maybe she is just taking this to an extreme and maybe that is a bad influence for spock to hear but they bond on this they they have i think a lovely bond on this and she can carry that embarrassment with her as long as she wants she can uh have this maybe misguided view of her own fandoms as much as she wants. But I think just overall, as far as telling a character story, it's lovely and it works. And I, I don't, I don't besmirch her for having a love of Gil- Gilbert and Sullivan. And I also maybe feel a little bit of sympathy for her thinking, uh, this is how I deal with it. I don't let anybody in. I don't let anybody see this side of me. And this is my advice to you. Maybe it's terrible advice. Maybe that's what drives Spock a little crazy when in the naked time we seeing him banging his head against the desk because he, he can't deal with not keeping that emotional side in anymore. We blame her is what we're saying. <laughs> so I just, I mean, it's I, whatever. I mean, it strikes me as I love they might be giants and I don't care. And if everybody hated mm-hmm. they might be giants and I love they might be giants. I don't think I would liken that to whatever tragedy you have in your past. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, she doesn't know what his thing is, but she's like, well, I know how tough it is because I I like this song, which it turns out Spock likes too, by the way, that was kind of surprising actually for him to to burst into the song at the end as well. Sure. Uh, So there we've given you stuff to think about. And now we've given you, you know, stuff to fight about. 669-900-6833 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833 or use the one tap from your smartphone. Maybe the poll question, John, should have been, have you actually watched the short tracks? <laughs> well, because hang if on. there was no, we could have actually changed it. We move on to something else. Yeah. Um, I, I want to address something here, though. So in, in the chat room, because you guys are, you know, chatting it up uh, oh, right here on see, Facebook. What you need to do is actually you, pick up the I phone. Say, you're going to say what they're saying. You're rewarding the behavior. Yeah, that's very true. But there is one I want to take head on here. And that's Ron, who's saying it just proves that it's hard to tell a detailed, rich Star Trek story in a short time. A hundred percent disagree. You are missing the point. <laughs> um, I think that is exactly what the short tracks have done from the beginning. The ones that we saw between seasons one and two of disco and what we're seeing right now. What Ken and I are talking about is maybe a, uh, a mismatch on the moral meaning message that we're getting out of Q and A. But what we're actually getting here are deeply detailed Star Trek stories being told in under 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. You, this is only what six minutes, five minutes shorter than one of the animated series episodes. Yeah. And, and you can knock the animated series for a lot of things. Uh, the music uh, chief among them, not that the music's bad. It's just, there are only about three minutes of it, but they use it for two seasons. <laughs> um, you can also knock the animation if you want to. It's kind of bad, but there were real stories being told there. And a lot of times when we were going over the animated series, it felt like they had actually, you got 22 minutes. You got, I mean, you got to tell your story and you got to tell it fast, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I'm having trouble remembering off the top of my head right now, but I know that there were short tracks from last time around 
that that kind of had that same feeling to me. It's like you've yeah. got this much time to tell this much story. And the thing is, if you know that, I mean, if that's your plan, if that's your objective, um, a lot of writers can do it. I'm not saying I could do it because I I doubt I could. Um, and certainly there are some writers who can't. But I mean, Star Trek. I mean, people have been able to nail that in that short period of time before. Well, yeah, and, and it forces a kind of efficiency on the part of the writers, the director, etc. It. it I, I think it, it boils it down to where you go, oh, okay, this is now the essence of this story that we're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Q&A, it's a really narrow focus. The meeting of the two characters, they, they uh, Ethan Peck and Rebecca Romain describe it in the behind-the-scenes stuff as like doing a one-act play. Yeah. Um, I, had I not seen them say that, I would have described it as exactly the same way. It's like, cool, we're just going to have a conversation with these characters and see what they get out of each other. Um, and actually, I, I was about to reference a comment that was being made in the uh, chat room, but that person has actually called in. Oh, so we're just okay. Gonna, yeah. Well, hold on really quickly because okay. I'm glad yeah. that person is called in. Okay. Uh, because it's always fun to hear them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, but really quickly, 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. You could be next. 669-900-6833 or use the one tap near smartphone or hit the links in Facebook. We're starting on Q&A, by the way, because that's where it started. If you want to, you know, if you want to go to one of the trailers, if you want to go to uh, the trouble with Edward, uh, bring it as our first caller has. John, you do the honors. John, Cooley. <laughs> there hey, you are. John. How you doing? What's up, man? How are you? Nada. I think, uh, I mean, I've been listening and, and also following along with uh, what's going on over in the chat. And I think there's a lot of, like, almost kind of a misconception, or maybe some people aren't getting all the points that maybe Michael was trying to make with q and I, I don't necessarily think uh, that he was trying to say, hey, stifle who you are. I think, I think it was more on the nose than that. I think it was, it, you need to look at it a little more literally, perhaps even a little more militarily. You've got basically a senior officer. She's the first officer of the ship talking to this new kid that's just arrived straight out of the academy. He's an ensign. And maybe she sees a little spark of something odd that, you know, we know from the larger story and the larger franchise that humans and Vulcans have had odd interactions, depending on the way you're looking at it. Maybe she's just saying, hey, it might be a little uncomfortable for your shipmates to see a Vulcan that's a little outside of what they expect. Maybe lock that down a little bit. From a military perspective, and I, I, I you know, I served and I know a bunch of other fans out there have too. From a military perspective, that's actually really smart. Uh, especially if you're coming into it new uh, and into a situation where you've got a command structure that's pretty established, you kind of maybe want to learn, pause and learn from the people around you and maybe, you know, keep a little of what makes you a freak locked down. Now, knowing the sort of cat that Michael Chabon is, you know, writing Cavalier and Clay and other stuff. I just don't see where somebody like that, where his message would ever be, don't be yourself. And I think yet probably that was the message presented. Yeah. Uh, again, you, you know, everyone's mileage might vary, but I, I took a little bit something different out of that. Again, he had 15 minutes to work with. And I think his main overreaching mission was to communicate how number one's character traits got transferred to Spock, which we know behind the scenes how that happened. But he was trying to create, almost like fan fiction, he was trying to create a bridge between the production reality of things and the fiction. And I kind of dig that. I I love the idea of filling in the, the gray areas of the map a little bit. Yeah, well, we definitely get the cage Spock here. He He's smiling, he's shouty. We get that guy rather than where no man has gone before Spock, although we get a little smug Spock in uh, where no man has gone before. Um, but yeah, he, he's a different guy. And, and you're right. You're sort of putting on screen uh, that transition between the cage and where no man uh, uh, in the version of Spock that we get. But I, I yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't disagree with you either, John, which is to say that um, 
Here's here are people who are finding a well, for lack of a better word, a human bond or at least a personal bond. Uh, but this is also a workplace and you're the new guy. And by the way, everybody here has heard Mission Log before and they know never to trust the smiling Vulcan. So um, <laughs> it's your first day at school. Uh, just chill and be cool and don't let anybody in. Uh, however, we know that number one is going to be gone at some point. And Spock is going to do this long, slow sort of unwind uh, until he uh, can reconcile those parts of his personality. And and he is a bit of a special case. He's the only half human, half Vulcan that we know of. So, um, you know, maybe his deal is a little bit different. Maybe Una has already read the uh, the bio on Spock and she knows what she's getting into. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I mean, I, I'm not uh, necessarily justifying what she says and and justifying uh or or trying to say that her answer is the only correct answer here um but from her point of view can we say that she's doing what she thinks is right hmm. makes sense i mean you know there's so that's what i love about this it's mm-hmm. any way you look at it it's thought provoking you know, mm-hmm. you, you, we can debate this now forever as we have all the other episodes for 50 years. <laughs> and this adds a new little corner to the franchise. That's why I love the trouble with Edward too. I'm kind of like, look at that. They even explain why Lorca's triple, uh, can sit next to his, uh, bowl of fortune cookies without <laughs> spitting triples out all over the ship. I dig it. Um, right. it was this fun little, little nugget, a little triblet. <laughs> of uh, of history, and I, I just I so appreciated everything about it. I, I think I've watched it a half dozen times or more by now, which is also just due to the fact that I'm a huge H. John Benjamin fan, and uh, I, I love the idea that there are these little ships in Starfleet, and maybe not every officer is going to be the model Starfleet officer that we see in Starfleet because it's impossible for every officer in Starfleet to be the model. Um, there's going to be the, the weird officers that maybe, uh, have a certain moral flexibility, perhaps. Um, <laughs> I, I just loved the idea that not only the first time we ever saw Tribbles, it was in the hands of somebody morally flexible, like Cyrano Jones. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that what made the Tribbles problematic to begin with was somebody kind of like that. Um, it's a nice little full circle that I dig. A fuzzy full circle, but a full circle nonetheless. <laughs> hey, uh, John, since you're a uh, you're a very uh, knowledgeable guy about the the overall Trek story, and uh, I, I'm I'm going to say the word. I'm going to say the word. The Trek canon. Ah, uh, there. Oh, it just, no, not it, canon. Yeah, it pained me to say <laughs> that. I know, I know. Um, uh, when you watched the Trouble with Edward. Did you have any trouble reconciling that with what we know about Tribbles? Because here's the thing. I don't read Star Trek novels. I rarely ever read uh, Star Trek uh, comic books. The ones that I have read are from a while back. And I know that there were some people who thought, well, the trouble with Edward violates canon and and my understanding is no it doesn't violate canon there were other things that fans had speculated about regarding the tribbles but we really didn't have anything prior to uh, to fill in that story other than just what we get with Cyrano Jones showing up so my understanding is now yeah. you you have a show that actually creates this backstory that we're not really we're not undoing anything correct me if i'm wrong right no, yeah. no, absolutely yeah. correct. Absolutely correct. So basically, uh, as I understand it, and Dayton will call in and correct me or beat me around the head tomorrow if I get it <laughs> wrong. Uh, you know, canon essentially is, you know, that which has been established in an on-screen Star Trek. Now, if it's a novel, comic book, fanzine, uh, you know, that sort of thing, that's flexible. You know, things, things can remain flexible until they're established in or on screen, in which case now you've got something that's a touch point or touchstone that is sort of like a fixed point, you know, like, okay, well, this is, this is what we know now. Um, and one of the things that I love that the new writer's room is doing is conferring with, 
writers of all uh, of the other media, like comic books and writers and things like that. And they're trying to create sort of a canon um, a, that can handle expanded materials also like comics and and uh, books and everything. But that's really just making sure that there's a loose continuity that everybody sort of respects. If something happens on screen, it supersedes it. And it's almost like uh, getting a correction to a computer program. Like that's a patch and that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dig it. Like, I again, the trouble with Edward, I haven't, I, I've heard from some of my friends that have said, ah, they had problems with it or it didn't fit with Canon. And uh, how... I think they did a really good job kind of making it fit within the framework of canon. Um, I, you know, who knows? Maybe the next, look, I'll be burned as a heretic for this, but maybe the next digital revision of TOS we get, you know, 25, 30, 40 years from now, we'll have little digital tribbles being spit out from the fur of larger tribbles uh, <laughs> aboard the Enterprise. Who knows? Right. Um, I wouldn't necessarily hate that because they did such a good well of giving a good job of giving us a little backstory for the origin of the prolific Tribble. I dig it. There was one thing missing. I wouldn't have minded even just an oblique nod. Maybe there's something that I haven't seen yet on a computer screen somewhere to David Gerald, the creator of, you know, the Tribbles and the Trouble with Tribbles. I was surprised uh, to not see his like name on there. Fun. Yeah. 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 And that's not to say that there's, that there isn't something on set that we just haven't seen. I mean, this, this production has been really good about little nods and things like that. The prior Star Trek productions uh, on the set or, uh, you know, maybe somebody's name will flash across the computer screen, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. So, you know, I haven't been able to examine it that closely yet. So there may be something, but uh, I, I think, I, you know, just the old school Trekkie and me might have appreciated a little nod like that. But otherwise, I thought it was so much fun that, you know, I was I was happy as a clam with it. You could have I'm actually like, had them uh, could have had them uh, serving on the Gerald. Sure. You know? Yeah. 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 yeah something yeah. like that might have been a, might have been sort of an interesting nod. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, John, thank you so much for calling in. Really appreciate hey, it. Knew you'd have some interesting comments there. So uh, we'll see you next time. Okay. Awesome. Take care, guys. All right. Cheers, man. Everybody. 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Or you can use the one top from your smartphone. Or if you're on Facebook, uh, click the link there. And then the meeting code is uh, scrolling at the top of the screen right now. And then you can talk to Earl. And then you can talk to us. Um, I got to say of the two, I and, and this is weird. Uh, because I know so many people had such a negative reaction. Um, I thought the I thought the trouble with Edward nailed it. Well, what, what did they nail though? Comedy. I mean, it was oh, hilarious. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, there were yeah. There, there were there were things that I didn't like about it. Like I like I think um, honestly, I don't feel like the captain was a good captain. Agreed. And it's not and because because she called him out in front of everybody, and because she tried to just you know pass him on to somebody else. You're being transferred. Although that was exactly what Riker wanted to do to Barclay, if you remember, sort of the yeah, misfit right. uh, of uh, TNG. Um, mostly, though, it was the comedy. Like, so often comedy is like, oh, look, they're trying to be funny. I laughed out loud so many times during that. Um, the one thing that I didn't like, probably the thing I didn't like most, as far as just like the like putting together the show, mm-hmm. um, I kind of wish they had released that commercial on YouTube. Or yes. like, maybe, sort of like a like a weird thing that was out there that might have gotten people interested, because having it at the end of this, it sort of felt like okay, is that supposed to be a commercial that's happening in the twenty third century? Because I don't think we would have commercials. Plus, they got rid of the whole you know whatever. Yeah. That would have been like a neat thing to just throw out there someplace else. But of course, yeah. that's after the credits, so I don't even know if I care honestly. No, uh, I totally agree. Yeah, H. John Benjamin. I mean, I'm with uh, I'm with Cooley on that one. I I I love him. <laughs> I love seeing him do stuff. And even though I didn't agree with a lot of what uh, the captain was saying to him, uh, the comedy back and forth, like uh, down to the this conversation is over thing. I mean, it was funny. It was well paced. It was well written. Um, and then it also had a bunch of had a bunch of like you know messages which you get in triple episodes, and you never expect them in triple episodes because it seems like it's going to be dumb. Yep. And then they wow you. 
Yeah, uh, well, there was a lot going on uh, as far as, you know, uh, again, I go back to this whole thing about can you tell a Star Trek story in 15 minutes? Yeah, because it comes down to the script and it comes down to what you're trying to say. And here we are in 15 minutes where, oh, we, 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 we get to talk about science and we're talking about character and we're talking about leadership and we're talking about all these things that just happen in such a fast time that really every time I went back and rewatched this, I, I found new and deeper layers each and every time. And, and some great details, by the way, too, just as far as the production design geek in me, seeing the Burke chairs kind of in the background of the conference room. Uh, that was really cool. And what was that big, uh, the triple vacuum the guy had on his back? Uh, yeah. Somebody pointed out it was kind of like a Dr. Seuss thing. You're just walking around and it just sucks up a triple in there. Hilarious, great stuff that they're not... Look, Star Trek has had a problem doing comedy in the past. Yeah, the, not the trouble always. With tribbles. The trouble yeah. with tribbles. That that yeah. endless bar fight. I'm pretty sure was supposed to be funny, and, yeah. and certainly <laughs> we've had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. So yeah, yes. Hey, we have a we have another caller on the line. Before we get to him, I'll remind everybody how they can be the caller after that caller. Uh, 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call, 669-900-6833, or use the one tap from your smartphone. Or if you're on Facebook, click the link. Uh, the, 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 the meeting thing or the, uh, the meeting code is right up at the top. Then you can be on with us in no time. All Craig. right, there he is, Craig. Yes, uh, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, uh, Craig. I didn't, see, uh, I didn't see Q&A, but I just did watch right now uh, trouble with edward uh, it was it was a odd comedy um it was uh it, there were funny parts to it just showing um but what i look for is it's showing a variety of storytelling approaches that star trek is capable of and that's what i'm liking about these uh short treks the creativity behind it um i still have to digest this episode yeah the thing with the tribbles vacuum that that was hilarious um and yeah the captain i agree did take me out of it i was i would actually take out of the episode the way she she was approaching maybe i wasn't used to that type of captain i mean i I don't disagree with you she's she's brand new uh, but at the same time, you, you look at that and you go, okay, well, Edward had to work his way up somehow to get to where he is. And she had to work her way up somehow to get to where she is, but he is ill suited for the position that he's in. I, look, I don't think she's, uh, not cut out to be a captain, but she was handed this very difficult situation right off the bat. And what you think is going to be a, a simple, like, look, we're just on a, on a scientific exploratory vessel. What can go wrong? And then she's got this very difficult case to deal with and, and doesn't handle it exactly the right way. Yeah. I think she needs well, to go back I, I to think, sort of leadership training, you know? I think you, I want to, I want to get outside the box. I, I think your last uh, caller, talked about uh, it's almost like stereotyping the a captain you know being what they're supposed to be well this is a different approach coming in and so i want to leave my mind open to different types of people in different roles i'm not totally used to but uh yeah i still have to watch it a few times well i mean the one thing i mean we brought it up a minute ago uh, like a lot of people would look at Riker and say ah there's a leader there's your guy right but then when we watched the first barclay episode Riker's first thought was, I want this guy off my ship. And Picard says, no, what I want you to do is work with this guy and maybe make it a bit better. Look, I mean, to concentrate on this in this short track, I mean, it's not the point, right? I mean, and so it's kind of hard to say, oh, well, this is terrible and this is wrong because I mean, like, like going back as well to Q&A, I personally didn't like the message that uh, number one gave to Spock, but I mean, it really was, as John said earlier, more of a character study. And it was neat to see those characters. It was neat to see those actors. It was neat to see that set. The whole thing is not ruined by that message, although I wish the message was different. Sure. <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing is not ruined by, you know, her not necessarily being the best manager in the world. I mean, if you buy the comedy and if you're cool with the comedy, it's hilarious. I mean, I think it was like the third time that I was watching it where I wasn't laughing enough, where I was like, hmm, I don't really feel good about what she's saying there. But, you know, 15 minutes, mm. 
one time, watched it two times. I thought it was, um, I thought it was just hilarious. And big props to those actors because it, it's not just that it's funny situations. Their delivery is awesome. Yeah. They are both great. The timing on that, so you got to hand it to them and you have to hand it to the director. Their timing is spot on. The overlapping dialogue, which as we know for the first nearly 50 years of Trek was a no-no. Uh, they master yeah. it here. They absolutely do. Hey, uh, Craig, we, we've got another call to get to before we wrap it up tonight. Anything else you want to share with us uh, before we talk to Karen, who is standing by? Hey, some some great points there. Um, but, uh, yeah, finding my strengths of my crew where I'll challenge them, people surprise me, and they'll come in and step into a position where I didn't really expect it, and then, whoa, they have stood out. So I look forward to that. Um, anyway, have a great evening. Thank you. Thank you. You too, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Hey, uh, really quickly before we get to Karen, uh, two things. Uh, first of all, 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Phone seems to be the way to go this week, John. I would say if there was a poll, the phone is winning 100%. Karen's <laughs> going to be right. on. Karen's going to be on in just a moment. Before we get to Karen, though, I do want to remind you of some other really great uh, Star Trek-related podcasts that you can listen to. Uh, you can find them all at podcast.roddenberry.com. That is the online home of the Roddenberry Podcast Network, where you will find not just Mission Log and Mission Log Live, but also Women at Warp, Priority One, The Trek Files, Daily Star Trek News, and Shabam. Shabam. There you go. Mm-hmm. Podcast.roddenberry.com. Check them all out. Honestly, we are almost to a place now where there's a new show uh, every day. Yeah. Not it's a quite. good feeling, man. Yeah, yeah, but we're almost to a place now where there is something new every day. Lots of different... Uh, Lots of different types of shows, lots of different points of view being hit there. And it'd be great if you would check any or all of them out. Podcast.roddenberry.com. Yes. So, Karen, who has been waiting patiently, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for calling in. And uh, what is on your mind? Oh, I just had to contribute. (laughs) Please. But it's funny because I haven't seen a whole lot of negative response to the trouble with Edward, actually, uh, on my timelines and stuff. So I was a little surprised to hear that there was a lot of negative. I mean, I've heard some and some people say it wasn't. I didn't care for it, but most people seem to really like it. Um, But I... Yeah, I was going to say that's good to hear. I mean, it's possible that the that the uh, that the people that I heard, they are people that I have known in you know, Trek fandom for a number of years now. And so I was surprised to hear the negativity, although when we were talking about it with Earl before the show, uh, he said that he had actually uh, picked up on a lot of that as well and not from the same people. So I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear that you're not seeing it the same way. See, I think John is the smartest of all of us because he's just not paying attention to social media, no. which, is, which is, which is brilliant. And I was good at that for a little while. And then like, you know, like the Godfather three, it kept pulling me back in. So yeah, no, that really is part of it, especially when it's the new stuff, you, you know, I, I, I really try to stay away from commentary about what's brand new every now and then something slips through, but I won't listen to other podcasts. I won't read reviews or commentary or criticism, positive or negative, because I, I just want to come at this fresh. I just want to go with my own gut feeling. Uh, great song by Devo, by the way. Gut feeling. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah, Karen. No, I'm sorry. I, mean, it's, I don't know if it's like I don't I, I follow a lot of people on both on Twitter and Facebook. And in general, I felt like it was well received. But I, you know, of course, there was going to be all the canon. And I kind of felt like people took it too seriously in a way. But because um, I always had trouble with the fact that the triples were breeding all over the enterprise, but what were they really eating there? There weren't bins and bins of grain on the enterprise and they were still breeding, you know? So, I mean, there are inconsistencies within the very first episode itself, but um, I really enjoyed the humor, but you know, it had that kind of office Mindy Kaling. Um, I found it. Some people say, Oh, it's like the Orville, but I find the Orville more sophomore humor. And this was a lot more, a lot more dry undertone humor, him hanging out at the 
synthesizer trying to get people pe- persuade people that she's bad and, <laughs> i love uh, that moment i love that know. moment so much and, and by the way how do you feel about a uh, food synthesizer that yells out your order when you pick it up like that, that's <laughs> that's really strange it's like it's just you in front of the food slot and you already know what you typed in and it's a computer it's not going to get it wrong but then it yells at you like a big salad over here you know <laughs> It's really like the odd. old counters, you know, slinging yeah. hash. Right, right. <laughs> and him, and he's just like leaning up there. And then the fact that he like kept throwing Noel under the bus, you know, and, and yeah. he said Noel was trouble and Noel's like, No, no, it wasn't good. And you know, or or Noel's the what is Noel's DNA would be any better. Yeah. And and Noel Noel's the foodie. Noel's the foodie. Yeah. I wanted to know more Noel, I wanted to know more about Noel. I mean, yeah. All those little subtle things, like when he's picking up the tribbles and then he can't help but go, ooh, this one's really meaty. I mean, you know, it's just, it's yeah. just that fun stuff. I said it's kind of like, it's like Dr. Seuss meets The Office meets The Trouble with Harry. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that Hitchcock film, but that kind of left to mind that quirky, odd things happening in the background that you're not paying attention to that you'll see later if you watch it again. There's just stuff going on that's just like a little quirky and it reminded me of that movie and I I, I really did but I was thinking and this is really kind of I thought oh I'm so silly but I was like you know everybody wants this big story out of it but frankly there was a point in that there's somebody who just focused on their own selfish you know he was just obsessed with his work with the Tribble, he wasn't going to let anybody drag that down. He wasn't going to let the captain tell him what to do. He was convinced that he was right without thinking about any of the consequences or anything else. And he goes ahead and does it and causes the demise of a ship, uh, dislocate, dis, you know, locates a whole civilization, is on the brink of moving into Klingon space and causing, it's like, and she says, he was an idiot. You know, at the end, that's what that's what went wrong. And it's like, well, that's a bit of a commentary. Yeah, yeah, you're so self-centered and you won't listen to anything else. It doesn't matter how brilliant you are or not. You can cause the downfall of everything. Yeah, well, that nails it. That nails it. And, And that's the brilliance of the episode is being able to tell a really funny story with really funny characters but also do what Star Trek does and slip in a heavy idea or two when you're not paying attention. Um, it was a really great way to do that. And for all the times that Star Trek has not been successful doing that, trying to blend comedy with a message, or maybe not just do straight up comedy, it, it doesn't always land. And this one lands. Um, I, I'm actually, I'm a little bummed that, uh, Larkin is dead now because he's so funny, um, that I, I kind of wanted to see what would happen to him in a post Starfleet career. Cause you know, again, in this idealized 23rd or 24th century, everybody's got so much opportunity, so much going for them, but there's still one guy who has to be the worst at whatever job there is, you know, and it just happens that we followed his story this week. Well, and it wasn't that he was the worst scientist as far as brains went. He was just the worst at looking at any kind of consequences. He was focused on the here and now his thing, and that was it, and not any kind of anything after that. And he would continue to be that way no matter what position he was put in, I'm sure. You know, but I was kind of wondering, do you think this is a similar humor to what we're going to see in the lower decks? Ooh. That's a great question. That'd be neat. I would love to see something this funny on a weekly basis. That'd be fantastic. Um, I haven't watched enough. I haven't watched enough Rick and Morty to know uh, how the rest of his humor is, but that would be uh, that'd be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I I apologize, Karen, but we're like, we're like right up against the end of the show. Um, But no, thank you. No, thank you so much for calling in and, uh, and give us a call back again soon. Okay. All right. All right. Take care. Um, So I think uh, the moral of the story, John, a bad week for outsiders on Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. If you're you're a geek, keep it to yourself. And then if you're an outsider, 
Wow, really keep that to yourself. Cause, well, you'll, you'll end up outside. Actually, yeah. he was inside. Everybody else, I guess, was was outside. He, he we was. We didn't even get to the trailers. We didn't even get to the trailers. And, and by mm. the way, uh, Homer says uh, Larkin is probably dead, but not for sure. I, I, I think he's dead. I mean, they, they mentioned that uh, there was one casualty in the whole thing. Now, we did see that one female officer, like, screaming. I don't, I don't yeah. think the Tribbles were eating her. I just think that, you know, they're, they're suffocating her. But presumably, that guy with the vacuum got in there and got them out of the way for her. So presumably, it was Larkin who died in a ship full of tribbles. I don't know. I, I want to say it was you on Mission Log just a couple of weeks ago who said, it's Star Trek. You never know. Mirror Universe Larkin. That's, the, probably that's about the same, right? Just a, just a tiny bit more angry, I would think. Well, and only a goatee, not the full beard. No, the, yeah, yeah, that's how you talk. That's a given. <laughs> hey, uh, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer Rod Roddenberry. Technical production on Mission Log Live by Earl Green. As I said before, be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, that would be neat. Give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Thanks to everybody who joined us live or later. And we will talk to you next week. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.